The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy, Ann Arbor. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Nothing to be afraid of. No tricks needed on this Halloween weekend of the Eastern Insider. But plenty of treats, Alex Jewell. It's a big week on campus, Greg. Hall of Fame week, a big football game coming up, a chance to win a Mid-American Conference championship or two. We'll talk about it right after this. The quick rundown from last week's events. Last week, there was EMU athletics action every single day. Men's golf spent Monday and Tuesday in the Dayton-hosted Flyer Invitational. On Wednesday, it was Darcy Dorton's squad that took the court in a midweek match against Central Michigan. They fell 3 to nothing, but bounced back Friday with a huge win over the Mac's first place team, Bowling Green State University. The five-set victory goes down as the biggest upset in Division I volleyball this season when using RPI codes as the metric of choice. Tennis was also in action as the Steve Schramm era got underway in the ITA Midwest Regional in Ann Arbor. While none of the action will count towards team records, the matches do count for individual statistics. Just down the road in Dexter, Cross Country hosted its annual EMU Fall Classic and had numerous strong showings ahead of this weekend's Mid-American Conference Championships. Those get underway at 11 a.m. Saturday in Athens, Ohio. Saturday was a jam-packed day as volleyball, tennis, rowing, and football all went. The rowing team made a strong appearance at the head of the Charles in Boston, Massachusetts, finishing in the top half of the field there. Then it was football, which kept its MAC championship dreams intact with a come-from-behind 20-16 victory over Ball State. The Eagles are off to a 5-3 start for just the eighth time since joining the MAC in 1976. Head coach Chris Creighton, well, he has led six of those teams. That's all for now. For the full set of scores, stats, and recaps, and much, much more, visit emueagles.com or download the EMU Athletics app. Dare I ask if this could be one of the most impactful weeks in Eastern Michigan history, as you talked about it. Hall of Famers are back. Toledo's in town for football. Cross-country championships this weekend and the start of the men's basketball season. It's really a big weekend, Greg. I've been on campus for eight years. I think this is probably the biggest week that I've seen at Eastern Michigan's campus. You've been on campus since 1998, 99. I know that you think it's right up there in your Rolodex of weekends too, and here's why. You mentioned it. There's already history that's going to happen regardless. Four new Hall of Famers are going to go in on Friday night. Kerry Gold Hatfield, Autumn Bragg, Carl E. Lowe, and of course, football's TJ Lang. They'll be inducted as four of Eastern Michigan's best student-athletes of all time in the E-Club Athletic Hall of Fame on Friday night. Stay tuned for content from that show on Friday if you're not coming and uh, going to attend that dinner. So that's already a big thing, Greg. You already mentioned it. Cross-country championships as well. Sue Parks will have her teams out there with a chance to win yet another Mid-American Conference crown or two, hopefully. Both teams geared up. They feel like they're in a really good spot. It's always a great and historic weekend when you can add championships. Basketball on Thursday night, they'll get underway in the exhibition season. So a great chance to come out to the George Griffin game above center and see one of the most highly touted transfer recruiting classes in all of America. And Greg, I don't know how I can be any, uh, well, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know how to tell you how big this game is on Saturday for football. Noon kickoff against a rival, Toledo, nationally televised on ESPNU. Here's going to be something that I can say for the first time in my time at Eastern, and you are probably able to say it for maybe the first time in your time at Eastern. If Eastern Michigan wins this game, 
they will be in first place in the MacWest standings as the calendar flips to November. And that is historic in itself and very exciting. That is true. Eastern has also not beaten Toledo in back-to-back -back years since before my arrival on campus. So that's going back two decades. So a, a big week. But we also cannot uh, talk enough about the way Coach Nethery's defense has been up to the challenge the last four weeks, shaving almost 150 yards per game off the opposition's passing offense has cut points per game down by almost 16 points per game. They have done a tremendous job. It was a beat-up unit at Ball State. They played with a lot of people who aren't usually called on in heavy roles. We'll talk with Coach Creighton about that, piecing it all together, finding ways to win, and he talked so much about in the locker room after the game. It's not about who's out there at the time. Picking the guy up when you're the next man up that's what is so important about being a family and not just worrying about yourself. What I loved, and I'm glad you mentioned the defense, Chase Klein and Jose Ramirez both out of the game against Ball State. Uh, for anybody listening that has been following Eastern Michigan football, those are two prolific names on the Eastern Michigan defense. Both of them out, but you could watch both of them all game long on the sideline, really coaching up their team and doing a great job that way. Their impact was felt. Real quick, Greg, you mentioned those numbers. How about this? First four games of the season, 38.5 points allowed by Eastern Michigan's defense. The last four games, 22.8. Look at the passing yardage. That's a big one as well. 285 yards through the air. Eastern Michigan's opponents were getting in the first four games. In the last four games, that number has dropped. You already alluded to it to 148 yards. Eastern Michigan has gotten five turnovers in that four-game span, only three the entirety of the first four games. So those are just a few of the numbers to help illustrate. And we know that's what Coach Nether has done so well since he got here is really that ability to adjust. We've, we know that that's one of his strong suits. So a big adjustment's going to be needed this week again because Toledo is prolific in the offense. They always have been under Coach Jason Candle and they're going to be pretty upset about the way they lost to Buffalo because, really, let's just call a spade a spade. They should be in the driver's seat in the West. They were up big at Buffalo and uh, got 24 points hung on them in the fourth quarter. Couldn't find a way to score either. Yeah, it was the most points Toledo has ever surrendered late in the game to lose that. They also did get their quarterback, Juan Finn, beat up at the end of that. So we don't know status, of course, as we talk here early in the week. But it'll be a big time as a game this weekend is trying to cram Rynearson Fill as many people in there as you can, and Eastern Michigan needs your support getting it up. Eastern knows all too well about pulling off the big upset. We saw just this last week EMU Volleyball and Darcy Dorton and company pulled off the biggest upset in Division I volleyball this year as Eastern knocks off Mac leading Bowling Green at the George Gervin game above center. So underdogs once more, the folks in the desert say Toledo the 10-point favorite, but we know everybody will, of course, see eyes on the gray field here inside the factory on Saturday. And then, to get your uh, whistle wet for the weekend, it is Thursday night, lights on the new court. Big-time basketball, Greg. There are some events going on earlier this week, though, so real quick, let's run through that. Women's golf, they're in action today and tomorrow at the Charlotte Invitational in Charlotte, North Carolina. Then there's a break on Wednesday, and you talk about it. Thursday, Greg, is that big day. Soccer will finish out their season at 3 p.m. in Oxford, Ohio. They take on Miami. And then you mentioned 7 p.m., the tip-off against Grand Valley State in a men's basketball exhibition. So this will be a good litmus test for Stan Heath and company. And, uh, Greg, we talk a lot of football on this show. We've talked women's basketball. We've talked a lot of other sports. We haven't gotten a chance yet to sit down with Stan Heath on this year's show. And today that's going to change. 
change because you and I are going to pass the mic to somebody who maybe is much better with it than we are, Tom Helmer. He's back as the voice of both EMU football and both the men's and women's basketball teams and WEMU 89.1 FM. He sat down with Coach Heath for halftime of this past weekend's West Eastern Michigan football game against Ball State. We're going to re-air that interview because it's got so many good nuggets from Coach Heath talking about this year's team and what to look forward to on this Thursday. So Coach Heath will be the other interview in addition to Coach Creighton today. And uh, it's a really exciting time, Greg, as we lead up to November 7th. Can't start saying it earlier enough. The season premiere, men's and women's basketball, both in action at the George Gervin game above center, but a great chance to get your first look this week on Thursday. Yeah, it'll be a fun time. Of course, the season opener is coming up on the 7th as EMU men's basketball will host Wayne State. The women's team will host Lindenwood at 530 in that contest, so it should, or 5 p.m., excuse me. So it'll be a fun one there for doubleheader action. Of course, Fred Castro and company, they will begin exhibition play on November 7th for another free game. So lots in store this week. Oh, you can't contain the excitement. And more importantly, we can't wait to see what Alex's Halloween costume will be this year. Well, I'll tell you, you're going to have to wait to find out next Monday when we have a Halloween episode. Greg, real quick, since you know all these things, you're, you're much more important in this department than I am. Uh, if fans want to come out on Thursday for the exhibition, free. I don't even think they're going to have to pull out their wallet. Nope, it's free. Come on out. Just grab a seat anywhere in the building you'd like. It will be a season ticket holder appreciation night with season ticket holders able to come out early So and hear from the head coaches themselves. So if you haven't bought your tickets for the year yet, still time to get that exclusive season ticket holder event with the coaches this week. If you haven't, still an opportunity to come out and not pay anything. So first come, first, ter- first, come, first serve on Thursday, free admission and enjoy the seats while you have them because I've got news for everybody out there. Um, I've seen the seating map. A lot of the seats in the lower bowl are purchased already. So get those last remaining few while you can on Thursday night. Stop by and see Jeff and his staff in the ticket office. We've talked way too much. It's time to get you on to a lot of great content for today. Quick time out on the other side of it Chris Creighton he talks a matchup with Toledo that means a heck of a lot for this program and its history that's right after the break and then Tom Helmer Stan Heath they'll get you set for Thursday night's men's basketball exhibition it's a loaded week on the Eastern Insider podcast whether you're in the D or out at sea we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time the Eastern Insider podcast Always good to get a win on the road, and that's what Eastern Michigan was able to do on the road at Ball State over the weekend, knocking off the Cardinals by a 20 to 16 score. The last few meetings with Ball State had been offensive shootouts. This year turned into a defensive fight that Eastern Michigan was able to force three turnovers and pick up the win. Coach, thanks for spending some time with us. What a way to, to grit out a win defensively playing really solid football, forcing turnovers, takeaways, and helping your offense get that ball back. Yeah, that is the, <clears throat> that is the story, you know, of, of Saturday on the field was that we were able to, uh, to take the ball away and, and didn't turn it over, although they had a couple of yep. opportunities to take the ball away. The ball bounced, you know, our way uh, really for the first time. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, you're talking about week eight. Um, and it's the first time that we won the the turnover takeaway battle, and uh, really hope and and believe that it can be just the start of a an awesome run, you right. know, the other way. Yeah, the uh, Ball State as they're going in for a score on second down, snaps a ball over the head. The defense able to recover. You're able to get a pick at midfield. 
Also get one in basically the Ball State red zone. Doing some numbers and diving into it, the last four games, the defense given up just 22.8 points a game and 149 yards through the air. The first four games, 38.5 points per game and 285 yards. What's been the difference? I know wrinkles, adjustments are things that you work on each week, but the last four weeks, this defense has been nonstop. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. And again, I want to credit our defensive staff um, and then obviously our, our defensive players to to be able um, to make the adaptations and whatnot and translating those yep. and making it happen on the field. But, uh, you know, we've we've just taken some of the air out, some of the space out. Um, you know, people were really, you know, nickel and dime in us and, um, you know, we were a bend but don't break. And uh, um, still have the ability to do that um, and, and will do that. Um, we've played a little bit more man. We put a little pressure, um, you know, on our secondary and they've, they've really come through. And, you know, we think that we've got uh, uh, some really good pass rushers and can and really good linebackers and, um, you know, can then spend a little bit more time, you know, making sure that uh, we've got the, the box the way that we want it. And um, so, uh, yeah, you know, sort of midstream, um, our, our defensive staff and, and defensive players have, have really made a difference. I don't know if you felt a little like Corporal Klinger lately on MASH, but you guys have had a lot of people that have been out but lucky enough, it's been guys stepping up and, and playing in those roles. I know when you build a program, that's the anticipated goal, to have depth and, and those guys. How impressed have you been with the guys who have, have come up through the ranks and had to, to shine in star moments? Yeah, it, it's been good. You know, I mean, there's a reason why guys are starters, um, but there's also, you know, reasons why, especially when it's, you know, younger guys that just haven't gotten their chance yet, but you know that they're going to be good. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many, there's so many examples, um, you know, of, of guys on both sides of the ball that have gotten opportunities sometimes during a game, uh, you know, without any sort of, you know, prep. Right. And then, you know, times it's been in practice or that you've had the week to prepare. But, you know, this game, you know, maybe more than any other, it was just such a large number of, you know, starters that were out. Um, but those guys that were out did an, did an awesome job, you know, trying to get back, but also just really being there for the team and for their, you know, their, their position group. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, Awesome to see you guys step up and for the program to, you know, to be able to pull through. It's a building you every week you want to stack them. And this week, no different. You, you turn your attention to Toledo, who, of course, sits on top of the Mac West Division right now. Uh, a chance to pull even with them on the West Division side. A chance to also gain bowl eligibility again uh, for the fourth consecutive year. Something that's never happened in program history. From an a coach perspective, I know that every game is just as important, but from a Eastern Michigan national perspective, a lot of people will, will look at this one as maybe this is the chance for Eastern to kind of supplant their flag as in the Mac West. Does that play into to any of your mindset, how you motivate guys this week, or do you even really it's it's just a game we gotta focus on beating Toledo? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It, it's probably a little bit of coach talk to sit there and say that, you know, that our guys, we don't know, you know, the ramifications. Yep. I mean, we can do math, um, you know, at this point <clears throat> in the season, you know, there's, there's a Mac West and a, and a Mac East champion. And, you know, if you haven't won a conference game at this point, then, you know, mathematically it's not going to happen. Yep. Right. And, um, we, here the end of October, you know, are still in um, the fight. We're still in the fight. So we realize that. We also realize that our opponent, you know, deservedly so, is is number one. You know, they they are the MAC West leaders right now. Um, so, but we get to play each other, mm-hmm. and and so that you know ends up being relevant. And um, so, so I think you know. We all realize those things. Um, but what it comes down to is, you know, on what we call our zero day today is putting putting the plan together and doing a great job. You know, if we're reading, you know, Twitter about, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're, you know, we're not doing, we're not, we're not going to be anything on Saturday. And so our guys need to be getting off to a great start for the week academically and, and, um, those who are, you know, rehabbing, rehabbing and getting sleep and then, uh, you know, being ready for tomorrow afternoon when we, when we give them the plan. Last year, you were able to shatter the glass bowl at the glass bowl, finally getting the win there. Eastern has not knocked off Toledo in back-to-back seasons since the 98-99 campaigns. When so much of uh, many of your guys, a lot of them come from the Toledo area, Brian Dooley, uh, Gunnar Oaks, just to name two, I mean, this is a special game for those guys too, right? Oh yeah, right. I mean, Toledo—they're they're in another state, right? So we get linked with, you know, Western and Central, yeah. um, but Toledo is is really by far You're the closer, closest. Yeah. yeah, you know, just forty-five minutes or so, and we definitely recruit the great state of Ohio and in Northwest Ohio, and we have some uh, um, uh, many more than you mentioned—a really good group of guys from from Northwest Ohio on our team. One of the other fun things is when we go on the road, getting to see so many parents and people that hang out. And one of the things that that you talk about being a family with your guys, so much is also an external family. Having those families around the program and being here on game days, home or away, how, how exciting is it too when you see so many parents and fans that make the trips and make those road games so great. Oh yeah, no, it's just, I mean, they're, they're so passionate, you know, they care, um, they believe. And, um, yeah, that's one of the, one of the fun parts of, of, of coaching on game day is seeing our guys with their families and and friends after games and, and all of that. And, you know, even just the families aren't on the bus, but, you know, guys start, nodding off after a while but the first hour and a half you know i think everybody's reliving you know the good the bad right. the ugly but it's just uh um you know we're, we're we're trying to grade it and and look at it that way but you you love the buzz you know on the bus and we have uh you know families that that care and that that travel and show up and it's really neat too over the years to see them bond um and and for those relationships um uh, build because when you think about it, you know you you go to you know Arizona State together, then you go down to Muncie, Indiana, to, and then you're here at the factory, and you're you know tailgating and all that, and going out to dinner yeah. with your son's best friend, you know, and their family. Right. 
you do that for a couple of years and all of a sudden it gets pretty, pretty strong. Well, it's even fun to see people at the same position battling, even their parents, they're still giving each other hugs. They still want to be each other, even though they know their sons are going yeah. at it side by side. Speaking about a guy that's come back and meant a lot to your program, it's also Hall of Fame weekend. And TJ Lang will be back and get his rightful due enshrinement in the E-Club Hall of Fame this week. He's a guy that's made so much of an impact on your players by helping make that TJ's Garage a possibility here in the Student Athlete Performance Center. But he's a guy that cares, is unabashedly green and white all the time. What's what does it mean to, for him to come back and and finally get that rightful due? Oh yeah, no. I mean, it was our golf outing in May when they surprised him. You know that he was going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame, and so it was so cool being there for that. And um, I, I know it means a lot to him. And you know to have so many former players from from you know different decades at that golf outing when that was announced, uh, it's a big deal. I mean, being in this Hall of Fame is a big deal. When you go through it and see, you know, the caliber of of players in all the different sports, I mean, it's super impressive. And, uh, you know, TJ obviously fits that, you know, 100% Super Bowl champion. And uh, I mean, just, um, and he's, you know, that the weight room, the TJ's garage, um, we love it. Oh, it's the envy of everybody throughout the league when they come by. I'm telling you, it's, it's, um, yeah, I didn't have any part of designing it, but those that designed it nailed it. Um, love the garage doors just opening up, especially on a day like today. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways that he has just been around too. It's not just, you know, providing resources to help us build facilities. I mean, you know, he comes to spring practice mm-hmm. and comes to games in the fall and uh, knows guys, you know, on our team and is helpful. And like you said, he cares about it. And uh, so uh, it's going to be exciting for him to be inducted. 945 Eagle Walk. The Eagles need you out in front of the stadium to get ready to walk in for the high noon battle with the Rockets. Coach, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck against Toledo this week. Thanks. We continue on the Eastern Sider right after this. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. Well, Stan, let me start by saying, uh, did you pick up any good recruits during the (laughs) offseason? It's been a a time. It's been been a great offseason. You know, obviously, when you're putting together a roster and a program, you want to, uh, you know, you got to get talent, but uh, you want to get guys where it fits. You know, it's a a fit for the university. It's a fit for the program, and and the players have a fit as well. So I love the fact that not only did we um, do a good, really good job, an excellent job recruiting, but I think we put some pieces together that really fit. Some local guys, Detroit, state of Michigan, uh, as well as a homegrown talent in Amani Bates. Let's not bury the lead. Amani Bates, that's a big get for Eastern Michigan University. And it puts really a lot of pressure on him and the program because there's high expectations that, all right, you got one of the top guys in the country to come to Eastern Michigan. Now he needs and the team needs to perform 
to kind of back that up. Absolutely. It was a great thing to have a, a young man decide that, hey, he wanted to play in his city um, at, at the university that he's closest to. And for us to land a guy like that, I think is a it's a big deal, not just for us, for our fans, but uh, for the state of Michigan, as well as our, our league. Our league has never had a, a player of his magnitude uh, perform uh, during a season like this. So uh, he's a special talent, you know, with his size, his ability to score the basketball. But I also like the fact that he's just got this insatiable appetite to be special and he wants to do it with his teammates. I, I, I'm convinced that he's not just trying to be an individualistic talent, uh, but he wants to be ingrained with his teammates and his teammates uh, are guys that he's known throughout his career. He's played with, played against going up in high school. And I think that's a big, big factor in why he decided to come to Eastern Michigan. It makes a big difference when you feel more comfortable with who you are on the court. It makes everything feel a little bit easier, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's a team game. This is not golf. It's not tennis. Uh, this is a team game and not one person can do it by himself. You see it in the NBA all the time. These guys try to put together these big threes and big fours and all this stuff. Well, it's the same thing in college. You know, you want to have chemistry. You want to have other good players around you. And he does. I look at a North Faircon, you know, obviously he's coming back as one of our best players from last season. Uh, Tyson Acuff was a huge pickup for us as well. Transferred from Duquesne from Castec, 6'4 point guard. Um, you look at uh, legend Jeter along with J Jalen Billingsley, all those kind of guys on the front line. So we have some really, really good pieces uh, that we can, you know, surround not just with him, but as a group to put out there on the court. And, and you know, I think be a team that uh, can do special things this season. It's a very Michigan-centric roster. And I'm assuming maybe you did that on purpose and there's a lot of talent in the state of Michigan. The only guys that aren't from Michigan, Noah Farrakhan, who you mentioned, he's from Newark, New Jersey. Lucas Savicevic is from Macedonia. And then as I look down the list, Derek Pranger, seen a big guy, great freshman out of Colorado. And then you got, I know Jaylen that Billingsley. Yeah, Billingsley is yeah. from Cleveland, Ohio. Right. So yeah, so 12 of our 16 guys are Michigan players. Was that important to you? Absolutely. I, I, I don't think there's, the state of Michigan has always been known for great talent uh, for, uh, you know, teams that have done extremely well over the years with, with local talent. Uh, so, yeah, for me to make sure that we were able to keep some guys home and uh, bring some guys back that left and want to come back as well, too, is a big, big deal. I think that you want to build a strong foundation that starts at home. It's late October right now. We're getting into the start of the season. You guys are going to jump in pretty much headfirst in the pool. Your opener is a home game against Wayne State. And then a few days later, you go to Little Caesars Arena to take on the Michigan Wolverines. Not a lot of time to really find out what your team's made of in the early going before you go after the big dog? Well, that's why our preseason is so important uh, for us to, you know, build chemistry and learn each other, learn our system, learn our style of play, all those different things. And, you know, to be honest with you, I, you know, we probably aren't going to be where we need to be right away. I, I know we're going to go through some growing, growing pain, some ups and downs, even though we're very, very talented. It's just something that happens. When you look at our roster as well, I know you see the, the talent from the state of Michigan, but if you also look at the roster, you'll see one senior, you'll see no juniors, and you'll see a whole lot of freshmen and sophomores. So this team is extremely young. Uh, it's a team that uh, is still, you know, built, hasn't played together in college basketball. Right. So we're going to have to put that all together. And as you say, we're going to find out early exactly where we are. But our, our best basketball will be ahead of us. Are there some positives to a young team? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the thing that I see every day in practice, it's kind of a good, but sometimes I'm concerned, is the energy our guys bring every single day. They're extremely competitive. Anytime we go out and practice and we play five on five, nobody likes to lose. And it's a, it's a fight. It's a war. So all that does is, I think, create the competitiveness you want. Uh, and you're going to bring every single day when you go out there on the court. And that goes a long way. Sometimes maybe you don't have your, your A-game shooting or this or that, but if you compete and you play hard, you give yourself a chance. You have to manage that energy over the course of 30 games, 
because they, they can't stay at the top the whole time. They'll burn themselves out, right? Well, absolutely. And with young guys, too, you worry sometimes if things don't go their way when they right. hit adversity, okay, how does it affect them? Do they bottom out or do they fight through it? And that's the mentality we want to do. We have a motto on our team. We're going to bend a little bit, but we're not going to break. Bend, but don't break. And and we understand, like, hey, it's going to happen. We're going to have some tough times, but we got to fight through it. And, and that's the mentality, the identity we want to have as a group. Not that it's a rarity in this day, but no changes to your staff. Every Everybody's back. Bob Simon, Sean Trice, yeah. Drew Donesco. That's extremely helpful, extremely. isn't it? Extremely. Consistency. Uh, my staff all, you know, after the first year, what everybody was just trying to figure out, you know, kind of how we were playing our system, my style, all those different things. Now we have consistency. Everybody knows uh, we have a good feel for uh, how we're doing things, uh, what the league looks like, the, the teams we're going to be facing, uh, how we want to do scouting, how we want to prepare for practice, all those things. So that goes a long way. And then in our relationship as a staff, I love my staff. These guys work their tails off and they build really strong relationship with the players on the team. So, and that goes a long way to having a success, successful season. One of the things I find exciting about this upcoming season is the energy that's going to be in this building. Even when you guys had an inner squad scrimmage, you got a good crowd for that yeah. one. Now, when you start playing for real, it takes me back to the FIU game last yeah. year yeah. when the house was pretty much packed. George Gervin was there. It was four overtimes, that kind of energy. I almost felt bad for FIU because as far as they're concerned, <laughs> boy, you go up to Ypsilanti, that's a tough barn to play in. Well, it's going to be a tough barn to play in. People are excited about this program. I'm excited. I'm so excited to hear that. So are my players. And to hear about, uh, you know, just the the conversations about ticket sales and uh, the amount of people that are, are interested and in, in, in the calls of social media type things, it matters. You know, young people want to play in front of a crowd and they want excitement. They want enthusiasm. And that goes a long way. And, you know, we want to build something special here. We don't want this to just be a one-year wonder um, this year. We want to make sure that we have a, a terrific year this year, but we want to sustain it over time. And so it's important that we build that fan base that not only do they come to the first game, the second game, whatever it is, but they come throughout the whole season. And then after the season, say, hey, man, that's a great experience. We want to come. That's just a permanent thing. That's a part of their lifestyle. Come to Eastern Michigan men's basketball games. Are people hitting you up for tickets already? Like, it's not, yeah. a, it's, you just can't really the, show up anymore and expect a really not, good seat. Now it's Tom, a, it's not yeah. an easy ticket to get anymore. So <laughs> I, would, I would make those phone calls early. <laughs> Stan Heath, we appreciate your time. Best luck this season. Of course, we'll be with you the whole way on 89.1 WEMU with the calls of all the games, but we look forward to it. We're all excited, man. Look forward to the season and hope all our fans come out and get a chance to see us play. Let's go get them. Stan Heath, appreciate your time. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.